Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, November 30, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot of stuff on the docket. Obviously, we have what to discuss. Now, let's get the elephant in the room right out in the open before we get started. The elephant in the room is the move that happened today all in one bite, mind you. That was the move I was looking for from a retest of the breakout area, the moving averages. They didn't give it to me. I sent out the pre-alert yesterday. I sent it out to only members of Lazy Swing Trader today saying if we had a Fed flush, meaning they sent the market down, that was a spot that was still an active situation. This was the move we were looking for. Now let's talk about targets, the move, where they're going, what the charts look like. Did it flip from bearish to bullish? Did the Fed do the proverbial pivot to send everybody back into bull mode? Let's have all these discussions so we all have an understanding of where we are on the charts. Let's start with the original head and shoulders pattern. I squeeze the chart together just so we can see where it comes from and then we'll pan back out. And the reason why we wanna do this is we wanna see as a guideline exactly where the market is at present in relation to a potential retest of the neckline of the head and shoulders pattern. Then we put in the gap that we've been talking about that was almost filled today. It's 409 plus or minus. Maybe they get to 410. Maybe they come up slightly short. Maybe they come up short of 409. Either way, somewhere in that neighborhood, the market should get a little bit higher at minimum to fill that gap. Now, do they have to stop at that gap? They don't have to stop at that gap. Remember, they have the under test, if you will, of the head and shoulders neckline. Now, We flip over to the weekly chart one more time, and we talked about all this stuff, but it becomes more of a reality as price gets closer. So what do we have here? We have a breakdown candle with a high of 411.33. So let's demark that number. And when we do that, and it's squeezed together here, but we're going to go back to the daily chart and you'll see what I'm looking at. But also that number coincides with that 50 period moving average on the weekly chart sloping downward right into that place of the weekly chart breakdown candle high. So all in all, that's going to be an important spot because why? Because it all of a sudden begins to coincide with an under test or a test of the underside of the head and shoulders neckline. Here's what it looks like back on the daily chart and If they bust through, let's just say that happens. If they bust through, they're going to start working their way up the next big time breakdown candle, which they've already begun to do. But as you can see, the gap exists about halfway up so they can continue climbing up the next big breakdown candle. That high is all the way up at 420. And oh, by the way, where does 420 leave us? Right at the neckline of the head and shoulders retest. We've been talking about this stuff for quite a while, kind of had this in our sights, 
didn't realize they would make the majority of the move up here in one shot. What else we got? Well, might as well look at the monthly chart while we're at it. The monthly chart seems to be headed for a retest of the underside of the 20-period moving average. Now, that's all the way up at 423.64 as it stands now. We'll see where it comes in tomorrow when the new month will click off, but it's really just flattening out, so it'll be around the same price anyway. And by the way, just to reiterate what we've been discussing, we've been discussing this channel. They're either going to break down below the lower portion of the channel, or they're going to break up above the upper portion of this channel. That's what they did today. This is what we've been discussing, break above the upper portion of the channel. They go for the gap up around 409, 410. That's where they're headed at present. Net, net, SPY schematic. What about volume today? What can we derive from the volume? Well, how about 131, 132 million shares, which constitutes a spike in volume. It's all the way up here. And you can see it is at the higher end of the recent volume. We had a nice reversal here. October 13th, that volume was 147 million shares. We had a high volume reversal here, but the market didn't get very far. However, we have another higher volume reversal. When I say high volume, it's not the 250 million share type volume reversals or volume days, but it is significantly outpacing the average and the most recent volume. Therefore, you have to take heed can the volume spike be a new set of institutional participation or did they just use today with the Fed thing going on with the phony press conference, Jerome Powell, all that stuff, the Fed pivot, whatever it is, it's nonsense in the end. It just helps get price to where it's going. The main question is going to be, is this going to be the final bounce in the bounce in a downtrend scenario? Stay tuned for that one. Now, was there any money to be made inside the numbers today? The short answer is, yes, there was. The longer answer is, you got to pay attention to what was going on here. It was hump day. They didn't get very far in the overnight session. They were still hanging around 396, which was our early pivot. We think better in pictures, so remember this. We have a bearish pattern. I've highlighted it in the box. We'll call it the bearish box. We have a big breakdown candle. They were making a bearish, flaggish kind of thing. Now, a couple of things that we know, and you'll see this later on. Either it's going to play out to the downside, or check this out. How do the bulls get rid of it? So already at zero dark 30 this morning, we're aware of what could happen with a Fed spike situation going on. So getting above 397.30 and staying above there that's if they get above there. That's the bull case. What if they drop? The target is first 392 and maybe down to 390. That was where I was willing to buy the market for the ensuing next leg higher. That happened the majority of it today. Nine o'clock. What do we got going on? They did the dance around the morning economic data points. They had ADP payrolls and the fake GDP guess. Okay, fair enough. We have to just understand that the market's going to gyrate around that stuff. Where does that leave us? Same pivot, 396. 395 and a quarter is also important. If below, 394.75 is next up. 
We think better in pictures. This is a three-minute chart. Forget about the ramp later in the day. We'll get to that later. But as you can see here, 396 was the pivot. That was resistance as long as they're below it. 395 and a quarter was important. They came down to bounce off of it. 394.75 was also important. But since they came close, they went a little bit lower. You'll see the lower number later. Remember, we're still before the opening bell providing the numbers. That was at 9 o'clock this morning. We have some numbers on the upside. We'll get to that later. 921. 396.70 is both magnetic and overhead resistance. Closing candles above brings you to the next stuff up north. 397.30 namely, which is another spot. Traders looking for a short scalp with potential can use 396.70 and 397.30. But they didn't do that in the morning. You could see the early resistance was 396 and then they came down to some support areas. Okay, fair enough. 394, give or take, should be early support if reached in a hurry formation. That's at 9.30, right at the opening bell. Back to the we think better in pictures, I've adjusted the lower line because as we're opening the opening bell, if you will, 394 was the next number provided. That's the number that was cited as, quote-unquote, and these are air quotes, by the way, should be early support if reached in a hurry formation. Now, they almost reached it in a hurry formation. They came close. They bounced away. They did it. They bounced away. They came back. They bounced away, as you can see. But we had one more number. Stay tuned. There's a method to the madness. Watch this. Let's scroll up a little bit and see what else we have in terms of a lower number. Now, you can read the notes, pause the video, go back to the charts to double-check the work. But here's the situation. By 9.50, I'm still saying... Still a buyer down there around 394 and a quarter, give or take. 393.80 is a backup number. Can buy them both. Sticky note material. There it is. 393.80. Low over here at 1106. 393.76. And the rip. They did it again later on. You'll see it in the notes. That's nothing compared to the rip later in the day. But that is what it is. They just ran away. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the charts. Double check the work. They were in a chop shop formation after the morning rush was over. And by the way, you'll notice here, 10.05, we're in the official nice bounce and nice trade camp. The scalp portion is over. The rest is trader's choice. Why? Because we were buying down there around 394 and a quarter, give or take a little bit lower. Didn't matter. They bounced out of there as they were supposed to. Got a quick 10 points and then some. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the charts to double check the work. Let's see what I was saying before the Kabuki Theater situation started. Here it is. Let's say they do the Fed flush later down to 390.50, give or take. Could happen, but I would be a buyer down there. 11.30 update for those that took the trade at 393.80, even though they bounced around. Nice trade, all that stuff. Pause the video. Read the notes. This is the commentary before the Kabuki Theater started. The what if. What if we get a rodeo around the Fed this afternoon? Let's say the hourly bearish pattern doesn't work out to the downside. Where would they go? If they start getting over 397.30, they would try and get to 399, give or take. Okay, Fair enough. That's an actual trade. There were traders that hopped on that trade. Let me show it to you. Here it is in pictures. They get over 397.30. They're going to go to 399. Well, look at this. 
They get over 397.30, and what was the high? 399 on the button, and then they pulled back. It's a rodeo. It's not easy to trade after the Fed. I get that, but the point is, and you guessed it, say it all together, the numbers work. You know the drill. Pause them, read them, double-check them. They could go higher. They could go to 402.35. Well, we saw what happened. They went all the way home, or at least almost all the way home, but that's what a melt-up, short-squeeze, conveyor belt of pies-in-the-face scenario does. Now, before we move on, let's have another discussion, maybe from a philosophical standpoint. By the way, there were no stocks on the move that hit their numbers today. Everything took off, so it was a no trade across the board. However, there's a plethora, I love that word, plethora of earnings, I believe, on Thursday morning, so we should get some activity. Here's the philosophical conversation. Can they have started a new bull market, or are they just on their way to a destination Once they reach a destination, they'll have to make a decision, either eat some time off the clock, pull back in a bullish type of formation, or is that going to be it? And they begin the next leg down within the bounce in a downtrend in the bear market scenario. Now, here's the situation. Everybody's looking at the Fed. Yesterday or the day before, they were looking at the railway strikes for more inflation, supply chain stuff. They're looking at China yesterday, the day before, all that stuff. It's always something inside the wall of worry. There's plenty of bricks to worry about. But let me mention this. This is just food for thought. Whatever is going to send the market on the next leg down, keep in mind this. It's typically not the devil you know, but the devil you don't know. Whatever we know is already baked into the market already. The Fed, China, Russia, Inflation, deflation, masterflation, we talked about all this already. Just keep in mind, it's the devil we don't know that jolts the market. You wake up one day, they've pulled the rug out, they've begun to pull the rug out, and all that stuff. We've seen this before. Maybe you get a gap in crap. We've seen this before. We know what we're looking for. What are we looking for? We're looking for the things that are taught in the course, lazy e-mini trader. We're looking for the signs and or signals of a trend change at important spots to create our full stack situation. Yesterday, the next trade was going to be on the long side for the ride up. Now, the next trade may be on the short side for the ride back down. You take what Mrs. Market provides. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Nice, big, healthy up day, 3%. Mind you, still lagging. Yeah, it was up 3%, but the spider was up a little bit more. By the way, not much more, but a little bit more. That's a puzzle piece that's on the table. By the way, not making new highs. Over here, the high from the 15th of November, they have not even reached that high yet. Now, all things being equal, they already filled this gap over here, but they haven't reached the high from the 15th of this month. When we compare and contrast the SPY, That's the high from the same day. They've eclipsed it. They're breaking out. We have a lagging situation. No matter what happened today, it is still a lagging situation on my favorite market-leading indicator, Mrs. IWM, in her camp. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Same routine. Second favorite market-leading indicator, lagging against the S&P. Number one, a favorite, canary in the coal mine. 
Now, these markets can still push higher if they all push higher. It's an all the same market scenario, not to the same magnitude as we always discuss, but they all go up together, they all go down together. What we do is notice divergences. We have some divergences in Camp IWM and the folks down at the Transportation Department. What about the Q people? Tremendous day up almost 5% for the Q people. This was just one of those squeeze situations. Still somewhat lagging, but they're getting to the highs or over the highs. 293.26, closed today, 293.36. No accidents or coincidences. They chose, and it is a choice, to close above the former high, the same high we've been discussing, by 10 cents. That's a bullish signal on its face. There's likely some more upside coming into the first part of December. And by the way, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. Don't forget, we were looking for a turn at the end of November, beginning of December. We got the turn on the specific day. How do you like Dem apples? The financials, nice big healthy update for the financials. And we talked about this ad nauseum. If the financials are not falling apart, it's unlikely the rest of Mrs. Market is falling apart. There was nothing wrong with the financials, bullish position above the moving averages. So therefore, we took heed and discussed it. Smash Mouth up 12 bucks today, almost 6%. Again, it's a short squeeze. They're shaking out the long situations. And guess what? Doesn't mean they have to be done yet. Still lagging as compared to the S&P. Doesn't mean they don't have more in the tank. Markets can always and generally do always do the unexpected. Remember, it's the market's job to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. That's the job of Trick and Company, also known as the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.